And that's what I have is like this massive tribe. I always tell like my one-on-one clients, stop saying like audience. You don't want to build an audience. You want to build a tribe. And the difference is if you're building an audience and you're not being authentically you, like there's pieces of authenticity, but you're really holding back. You're really trying to, you know, be the expert and be above them as, you know, so many of the experts in this industry say, you're kind of on a platform talking down to them versus if you're building a tribe, you're ahead of them for sure. But in authenticity and humility and grace, you come down to their level. All I do in my business is kneel down on the floor and get down with these women and pick them up. I'm not on a platform. I'm not on a pedestal. I'm not talking at them or like preaching to them how they should be doing things. I'm getting down with them and scooping them up. And that energy, you can just feel it in a person. We're surrounded with the message that entrepreneurship is the hard life, the stressful life, the burnout, hustling and pushing is par for the cause. And while scaling a business isn't without its challenges, I am passionate about showing women that we get to step into financial overflow doing what we love. I'm on a mission to not only help you scale your impact and your income, but also to support you in running your business in a way that allows you to reclaim time back to spend with the people that you care about most. Join me for interviews, trainings, and musings on sales and marketing and mindset because I'm a firm believer that our businesses grow at the same rate that we do. I'm your host, Naomi Powell, wife, mother, speaker, and business coach, and this is the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. Ali Kasaza, welcome to the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this chat. I am so thrilled to have you. Guys, I was just telling Ali before we started recording that I came across her work at a time where I was at such a crossroad. I just had my baby Atlas. I had just moved back from London, back to New York. And I, I'm always, I feel like I'm always saying this at the pod, on the podcast that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I just went on a complete binge of Ali's content. And it was just so life-giving for me at that transition, juggling new motherhood, trying to simplify my life and find a new normal while also scaling a business. And so I'm so pleased to have Ali on the show. So for those of people who are unfamiliar with you, Ali, can you just talk a little bit about who you serve, how you serve them, and a bit about your story to come in? Because I know we're going to talk about all of the incredible things that you're doing, but I think it's so important to lay the foundation with that backstory. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in my business, I serve women who are mostly moms, but some not for sure. And they're really at a point in their lives where they're just feeling stretched super thin. A lot of them had either like just had a baby or just had their second baby. And that's kind of just a typical kind of avatar that I'm working with where it's just like, she's just realizing like, oh my gosh, like mom culture is telling me that I have to give up all my dreams, but I want to be a present mom, but I also have all this ambition and my house is totally a crap show. Like I'm so overwhelmed. I'm constantly like, running around, doing all the things. She's just really stretched thin. She's overwhelmed. And so I love to come in and help her put things in their place. Like your home should not be taking up all of your energy and all your time, especially in the evenings and weekends, like catching up. Like that's ridiculous. Let's get that systemized and automated and simpler so that you are spending your days focused on what really matters to you, whatever that's like just your kids 
or your kids and your husband or a, a business, like whatever it is. So yeah, that's kind of who I serve. And I think like, gosh, my business story is so dramatic. So I'm going to try to give you like the, <laughs> the simple version. <laughs> my business started from a very, very, very low point in my family's story. Um, it was the lowest point of all. Um, actually, it got a bit lower after I started the business. <laughs> then it got higher. <laughs> but we were really, I mean, broke is just not the word. We were absolutely beneath the U.S. poverty line. We had had like repossessions happen of our cars. We had, we were like about to lose this little townhouse we moved into because we moved from California to the Midwest mountains, like of Arkansas for my husband's old job. Like we just didn't belong there. That's not what we wanted. It was awful, but they promised us all this money and they lied. Like we were so broke. We were stuck with no friends and family. And I think the inspiration to do something new and crazy comes at what seems to be the worst, stupidest time. Like I had so much going on. I was breastfeeding my fourth baby still. Like he had just barely turned one. And we're in this situation with zero support and zero money about to lose everything again and try to figure this out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Like you push a pit bull into the corner. What's the pit bull going to do? Like I'm coming out hard and I'm going to change our lives. This is so dumb. Like this is not where we belong. And I decided to start my business. And really like there were so many failures, honestly, Naomi, like there's so much that people didn't see that they were, it's just like, I like launched this ebook or, and then like, it just didn't do well. So I self published it and like launched it and thought it was going to change the world. And it basically did nothing like these little, like things that seemed like failures that were actually little stacked pieces of success that led to the big success that everyone looks at and is like, Oh, she had like success overnight. Like, of course. And so I really love to pull back the curtain on those things. Ask me anything about that. But basically I went from there and, and then I found courses and that's really my jam. I'm super good at creating courses. It's just kind of how my content naturally comes out of me. And I, yeah, I, my husband quit his job way too early, but we have four kids. So it was like, you have to quit or I have to quit this business. Um, and we've been in it together for five years now. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. I'm going to link um, a podcast episode from Ali's podcast, The Purpose Show, where she goes into the full backstory of that story. Like, you guys have to check it out. It's so think, crazy. <laughs> I think it's so important. And that's why it was so refreshing to see someone really be candid about that. Because I think very often we hear the beginning, we hear the success at the end, but we don't hear the dot, dot, dot in between. And you've mm -hmm. just been so candid on those those sliding doors moments and what that's kind of meant as your business has evolved. And by virtue of that, you've cultivated such a, a big audience, but more importantly than that, an engaged audience. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of talk to me about that? How have you been able to cultivate such an engaged audience, especially at a time where we're kind of being bombarded with content online? What does that look yeah. like for you? Yeah. So I mean, this is not new. Everyone's heard this, but I think it's about actually putting it into action. Authenticity is number one. Absolutely. Like I, if I, I think because often like being authentic is one of my core values. Like I can't fake anything. I have the hardest time. And sometimes like I have four kids, like sometimes you just have a bad day. And you like need to show up. And I just like, I, I can't do it. I will literally like get on an interview with somebody and be like, 
I'm having the worst day. I am so sorry. Like, can we reschedule? I just can't do it. And so I realized like that is my superpower and I need to be really authentic all the time and just share the real happenings in my life, in my heart, in my business, and just really let people know like they're not alone. And so just leading with that and being really authentic and sharing, like no one talks about this, but like this is what happened between me and my husband when we had our fourth baby. Like, this is what happened in our marriage at this year that we hit in our marriage. This is what happened in my business. That's really embarrassing. Like I had this one, um, summer, like it was last summer actually. And it was terrible. Like revenue just like dropped, almost disappeared randomly. And my funnel stopped working and all these things stopped working. And at this point I'm being interviewed as like homeschooling mom of four, like goes from zero to seven figures in 18 months. Like it was everywhere. And in the back end, I'm experiencing this massive plummet. Like it would have been really easy for me to hide that and say nothing, but I didn't, I did a live. And I talked about it and I said like, you know, leap and passive income and this just beautiful, perfect, shiny life where like I get to travel with my kids and they've been to like every single state and we live this amazing elaborate life. And it's just not that way. Like sometimes your funnel breaks and you have to figure it out. Sometimes you have to launch something just because you need the money and you weren't even planning to launch it. And there's really bad energy in a launch like that. And it's hard, like just that kind of stuff, being an open book. I always lead with that. If I'm hiding something out of fear or worry about what people will think, that's not good. If I'm keeping something to myself because it's a boundary, fine. But lead with authenticity and people will trust you. They become like, they're not just fans, they're evangelists for your message. And that's what I have is like this massive tribe. I always tell like my one-on-one clients, stop saying like audience. You don't want to build an audience. You want to build a tribe. And the difference is if you're building an audience and you're not being authentically you, like there's pieces of authenticity, but you're really holding back. You're really trying to, you know, be the expert and be above them as, you know, so many of the experts in this industry say, you're kind of on a platform talking down to them versus if you're building a tribe, you're ahead of them for sure. But in authenticity and humility and grace, you come down to their level. All I do in my business is kneel down on the floor and get down with these women and pick them up. I'm not on a platform. I'm not on a pedestal. I'm not talking at them or like preaching to them how they should be doing things. I'm getting down with them and scooping them up. And that energy, you can just feel it in a person. Does that make sense so far? Oh my God, yes. I'm like... (laughs) Because I feel that so much and you're just such a great example. I'm always telling my one-on-one clients this, that you are so willing to go there. Whenever I see your content, you, you have this way of like calling out the things that like people feel, but just like, wouldn't want to say publicly, like the things that are really going on in your mind. And I think that's where with content, you really cut through with the noise. And it's not about necessarily being trying to constantly be like here's 101 different tips here's this you know I know it all as you said it's really about speaking to them in that authentic way and it's hard because sometimes you feel like authentic is a word that's so overdone but I think you just articulated that beautifully which is a great segue into what I wanted to talk to you about next is that because you've created such a close relationship with your tribe 
how do you reconcile living in your purpose in doing this work and also pursuing wealth as a business owner who wants to take up space, who wants to grow, who wants to create a financial legacy for your family? Yeah, I have zero intention of living a small life. And so because I'm in this like minimalist simplicity niche, people often assume like they kind of go hand in hand. It's kind of like religion. Like if you say I'm a Christian, all these things kind of pop up and people make all these assumptions about you or, you know, I'm, I'm a Muslim, like whatever it is, there's all these things or feminism, everything has something like that, right? Where this is, oh, I heard that word and now I'm thinking all of these things. And so when you say like, oh, I'm going to teach you about minimalism or I'm going to teach you how to simplify what happens to me is literally sad because it's literally the opposite of who I am as a person. But I get pegged with like, oh, you're like super type A, you're super professionistic, you're super organized, you want to live a really simple, small life. And that's literally, it's just the opposite of my purpose. I, I teach them it's not less for the sake of less, which is really what minimalism has become. And it's really sad. It's less of what doesn't matter for the sake of more of what does matter. And that's the biggest difference. So in that being my message, I can freely say, I make seven figures a year. I want to have, I want to get to a point where my family's income is seven figures a year. And I'm not stopping. I want to get to a point where I'm making so much money that I can live this big, beautiful, abundant life that we're living now and on like 10% of what I make so that I can give the other 90 away. Like this is not small. There, there are huge goals. I'm a vision board girl. Like I've got vision boards all over my room. I am aiming further than the stars and nothing is going to stop me. That's not a small life. So in my message being, you know, hey, stop getting bogged down with like, what do I do with my junk drawer? Just get the crap out of your way and get back <laughs> to your purpose and like move on. I, when that's my message, I'm, I can tie it in with business very easily where it's like, I am unapologetically wealthy. I will normalize wealth for women. And especially because normalizing wealth for women is, is being done, possibly has been done. It's going really well. But this is what happens to me, Naomi. And I'm sorry, I'm like all over the place. I, I go into a room or a digital room or a physical room, whatever, with a bunch of people that are in my niche that are successful. Most of them are men. And I, I kind of feel like I get pegged down one notch because I'm a woman. And then I get pegged down five more notches because I'm blonde and I have blue eyes and I like fashion and I like cute bags and I dress really cute or whatever. And then I get pegged down about 25 more notches because people realize I have a bunch of kids. And I get taken less and less and less seriously as things become revealed about my life. And I just, I have to call BS on that because my kids are the reason I push so hard. They, their existence makes me push so much harder then any single dude is ever going to have a reason to push. Like you can bet your butt I'm coming <laughs> for you. Like I'm going to win. And so it's like, I, I feel like I want to talk about these things because they need to be normalized. They need to be said. And I'm willing to like, kind of just get down into that arena, like a gladiator and fight for what women need as well as also let's simplify life. So it's like a funny, like the two messages, like kind of seem like they're competing. But that's what makes me, me for my audience. And I think people resonate with that versus the very like stiff, 
simple, small farm life. Like that is just not what I want. That's what other people want, but that's not what I want. So that's not my message. What would you say to the people who like come I commonly come across this where they're like, how can I step into financial overflow, step out of, they're okay with like getting enough to get by, but they're like, mm -hmm. how can I step into financial overflow doing something that I would do for free, helping people? What would you say to those people? I want to quickly pause today's episode to invite you to join us in the Grow With Intention membership. This monthly coaching container is the place for online service providers ready to grow their business to the six-figure mark without overwhelm or hustle. The strategies I'm teaching every month in the membership are the exact strategies I've taught hundreds of clients, strategies that have helped countless women break the six-figure mark and beyond. I am collapsing time for you, sharing all the things you need to know to grow your online service business with ease. It's the first time I'm making these strategies available outside my high-level one-on-one and mastermind program. Every month in the membership, you'll get live trainings on topics like sales, marketing, strategic partnerships, and of course, mindset. All the things you need to know to break that next income level. Every month, you will get a live content audit from me where you'll get feedback on your sales material, social media channels, and your copy. So there will never be a time where you don't know what to say to convert your subscribers and followers into paying clients and customers. Every month you'll get a live Q&A call where you'll get all of your questions answered, not to mention hot seat coaching and daily support and prompts and accountability in our private Slack channel. If you know that now is your time, that you are ready to cross that next income level and step into that big vision, head to the show description for the link and come and join us. First of all, I would smack them a couple times and then I'd say like, let's Okay, so saying that you want to make just enough to get by is actually like so self-centered. And here's why. When you're saying that, it's because it's important to you that you feel safe, that you feel humble, that you feel like other people view you as humble. That's actually the last thing we really want because we all have a heart for orphans. We all feel some when we see them. We all feel something when we see a sex trafficking victim being interviewed. We all feel something when we see children going hungry. We all feel something, but only those of us who are rich can do something big about those problems. So stop being selfish and acting like this victim, like martyr, like I just want enough to get by. I don't want a lavish life. Yes, you do. Like you want to show up, you want to help, you want to change the world with your message. You need to involve wealth in that equation or you're not going to you're not going to change the world because we all only have so many hours in the day we've got families we've got work we've got a business we've got stuff going on so you can't really give very much of your time to these issues right so the only other option is to use your big platform to be a a voice for these children and women and people that need help and to show up with your friggin wallet if you can't show up with your wallet you're not doing much at all unless you have all the time in the world somehow which <laughs> also like if you have all the time in the world and that means money is coming from somewhere but it's allowing you to not work and have time to go and help so either way money it just costs money to live it costs money to help it costs money to do everything you can't even go and chew gum without paying money for the gum like you literally can't do anything without money so 
we have to stop this like humility parade and like just get into receiving mode for money. Change the story in your head. If it's money is the root of all evil, get working on that. Like get rid of that. If it's well, like this was mine before. If I don't go to college, then my dad told me that if you want to make money, you have to go to college. And if you don't go to college, you're going to be flipping burgers your whole life. That's what he used to always say. And so my big limiting belief was if I get rich, I'm going to embarrass and disappoint my dad because I'm going to prove him wrong. And I am super close with my dad. I love my dad. So I had to work through that. I had to get over that. So we got to wake up, stand up, shake it off, stop with this BS story we're telling ourselves about just enough to get by. And we have to work through our stuff that's internal. And we have to get to a place where all those barriers have, are being broken down internally. All the blocks are gone and we can receive money and be really comfortable with money. The amount of money you're comfortable with will show up in your bank account. So what's the number that's usually the peak? What's the most amount of money you've ever seen in your account? That's your comfort ceiling. And I want to encourage you to raise it higher and higher and higher. Mine's, mine was like, literally, this is so embarrassing, but back in the day of the broke days, it was like $100. I didn't know what it was like to have more than $100 just sitting in the bank because all the paycheck would go to all the bills. And there'd yeah. be nothing left. Now my comfortable ceiling is six figures. That's inner work. I'm, I'm comfortable with, multiple six figures just hanging out in the bank and I don't need to spend it or sabotage it or freak out about it or feel bad that it's there. I I'm comfortable with that. And so that's, that's inner, inner work. You have to get into receiving mode so that you can do your purpose. And then about, you know, I feel like I would do this for free. I shouldn't be getting paid. It all comes back to the money stories. If you money makes the world go round, you cannot do anything without money. How dare you try to be so humble and protected and safe in this little bubble of yours, this little bubble of the story that you're telling yourself and give away the gift that God gave you without getting in return something that's going to change the world again, which is money. At the beginning of my business, when I was working through all of this money stuff, I was miserable. I was so stuck. And I'm a very spiritual person. I am so connected to Jesus. I am so connected to God. When I was in that place, I asked him, like, please help me. I don't, I am struggling so bad with this. I, I don't know where the line is with money and I'm just a wreck. And he gave me this message and I wrote it in my journal and it's now like framed and in my office for forever. I'll never forget it. And he said, I want to use you to change the world twice. Once with the message that you have for women. And again, with the money you make from spreading that message to all the women of the world. It like gave me permission to open up to money and to become wealthy. And that was the turning point for me. That was when we had, we went viral. I had like multiple five figures in my bank account overnight. Like I was like, I needed that block to come down. So your business is so spiritual. Like don't be fooled. There's some strategy. Sure. But it's like 10%. It's all the rest is spirituality and you have to get internal to see results in the external. Oh, I am like getting chills because I'm just like a frigging men. Thank you for that. That was like powerful. And there's so much in what you said that I want to make sure that people are really taking to heart. So you spoke about 
up leveling and really stepping into that next income level. So I wonder with you, as you were making these huge strides in your business, how were you able to embody this new income level? And it sounds so silly sometimes when someone hears that because they're like, I would have no problem getting to that new income level. But I see this all the time mm -hmm. where we go into self-sabotage mode, where we instantly, we're so, we've never been there before. So we're so panicked that it's going to disappear, that I'm never going to be able to do it again, that that was a fluke. And we hit that upper, upper limit problem, as Gay Hendrick says. How were you able mm -hmm. to navigate that? That's such a good question. So first of all, I read a lot of books. Absolutely. Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap. Um, Jen Sincero and her books, um, The You Are a Badass, uh, and then You Are a Badass um, at Making Money, I think it's called, or With Making Money. I don't know. It's the money one, the green one. Those books like that just like really helped me. Like I actually read The You Are a Badass book over and over and over again. Like I had it on audio and I had it in paperback and I was just reading it over and over because having that no nonsense, like, Hey, shift your perspective over here is kind of what I needed because this was so new to me. Like I didn't have, um, this kind of verbiage that you and I are using right now. I didn't have it memorized. I didn't know what to call it. I came from a very, very religious school that taught me like money is bad and money like leads to everything going sour. And no, it doesn't. Greed does. The obsession over hoarding money does, but money is neutral. It's just a piece of paper. It's not even paper anymore. It's all digital. When was the last time you like saw money? <laughs> like it's so rare now. Um, it's just, it's, it's air. It, it's a neutral thing that is exchanged. Even like I'm in my bedroom right now and I'm looking out my window and I can even see like all the houses in my neighborhood. There's so much money being exchanged right now in this neighborhood just from people shopping on Amazon and you know, paying, you know, coaches to grow their businesses. Like there's so much money being exchanged just in this little circle of like 10 houses right now. Money is all always money is all the time. It's everywhere. And it's neutral. It only has the meaning and the emotion that you assign to it. So we have to get straight about money and we have to realize that this is us. It's not money. It's us. Um, and so I would say, the biggest thing that helped me was going backward. This is ugly and it's hard, but we have to, if you want progress, you have to deal with the past. So going backward with like your childhood, um, you know, was there a parent that got laid off and talked all the time about how the lack of money was like um, really, really hard? Did you see a lot of hard money stories? Did you hear anyone tell you that, um, you know, oh, it's not about the money. Don't do it for the money. Like, did you hear money doesn't grow on trees? Like whatever it was going backward. And, and again, this is not new. Like we've all heard this, but who's done it and who's continued yeah. to do it. Like <laughs> nobody, nobody actually, I have this one journal and it's just like my money journal. And I literally am always finding new blocks and I don't judge myself for it. My favorite thing to say when I realize I have a new money block or I hit a limit where I'm uncomfortable with this amount of money, I, I say, isn't this interesting? Isn't this neutral thing interesting? I don't identify with the struggle. I don't assign meaning to it. I'm just like, isn't that interesting? This is something new for me to work on. And then whenever that happens, I make sure that I like let my husband handle bedtime at that evening. I will get in the bathtub with my journal and just write it out yeah. today. I had, you know, a whatever half a million dollar launch and I freaked out. And felt like all of a sudden I needed to buy something to get the money away from me mm. um, or whatever, you know, whatever it is. 
Yeah. And you can notice and see the patterns, then you know what to work with. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. I had that exact thing. And it's, it's true. It's about not judging yourself and approaching it from a place of curiosity, even as my income has increased. And it's like, oh, I want to do something or upgrade something or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's those things, that, those moments where I'm like, I'm triggered, even though I have the money there. It's like, I'm so triggered by it. I'm like, that's the work because that version of me, that that is her normal. She's not triggered by it. So the only difference is, is the mindset around it. And that becomes the work. And that's where we're able to really live in this new place. I'm so pleased that you said that. And it's interesting just hearing you talk about the launches and how they've scaled over the years. One of the things that I'm constantly working on myself and talking to my clients on is going through the finish line and committing to setting higher goals, bigger goals to go through and not being obsessed by the how that we can do hard things. Yes, it may seem scary, but we finish things. We go through the finish line, even though we're making ourselves vulnerable, even though we're putting things out there. How have you been able to navigate that? Putting out your courses, putting out these offers without, you know, just showing up in that way and going through the finish line. That's such a good question. I think like this, this, what you just asked me comes so natural to me. And those are the hardest things to analyze, I think. But for me, when I'm, when I'm going to launch a course and you have to realize too, I'm selling to mom and typically they don't always have full control over their finances, which don't even get me started with that issue, but it does exist. And it's what I see. Um, they are budgeting. They, they're on like a one income budget or whatever. They, they think that my courses are so overpriced. And my course is like $197. And you know as well as I do, Naomi, that courses are about. <laughs> and yeah. so it's like, this is what I'm dealing with. <laughs> so when I, you know, I'm super gracious and understanding because man, have I been there. But I, when I'm launching, I am not thinking about that. I'm not thinking about what are they going to think about my price? What are they going to think about me doing this, me selling this gift that I've been given? Like, oh my gosh, I'm not, you know, I, everybody has those things and it's just ego. You just got to put it in its place. But when I'm launching, I'm thinking about the other side of it. So I flip it around in my head. Like this woman, what is she complaining about every day? What is she struggling with? How many times this month has she cried because she feels like she's failing? How many times has she snapped at her kids and been the mom she never wanted to be just because of stuff getting in her way and causing her to be so stretched thin and so overwhelmed in her home she can't even be the mom she wants to be. Motherhood like is forever, but raising our kids is super, super short. And she's living most of it in survival mode. That's not where that beautiful, amazing woman belongs. And I have a course that can get her out of it. Of course, I'm going to show up live every day. Of course, I'm going to unabashedly be like, you need to get in this course. Like what are are we even doing? If not, if you can't afford it, here's a down sell for 20 bucks. Go and take it. You're robbing me. <laughs> Go ahead. Cause I want to help you. Like, you know, I I'm showing up. I'm like sweating right now because I get like that when I'm launching, because I know that I can help. I know that this is the answer. I have seen it too many times in my own life and in tens of thousands of other lives to know any different. And so 
I, I flip it in my head. You, you can't be thinking about like what, oh, these negative comments, like, you know, I'll be going live and I'll be like crying or something like super emotional. Like it doesn't need to be like this for one more day. Like we can do this together. And there'll be like some moron, like how much, how much, what's the cost? What's the cost? Just looked at the sales page and saw it's $197. Like you're crazy. Unfollow. Like there's always some freak, like being yeah. a negative Nelly, like in the, you know, whatever. But whatever. If you're so far down like this, the lack and scarcity mindset that you think $200 is too much to change your lifestyle and gift you your life and your motherhood back, man, girl, you are not my people. Like I'm not, not your people. You're not my people. Please leave. I'll, I'll take you off my email list if you don't unsubscribe. So if you got to flip it, we, we, as women are so like careful and like, Oh, I don't want to upset anyone upset everybody. That's where the money is. Like you have to get people upset or obsessed and there's no in between. If you're in between, you're going to have no money. Yeah. Yeah. You are absolutely right. Oh, I'm getting tingles. One of the things that you speak about as you are scaling your business is about streamlining. And we've touched on it briefly, but I think it goes beautifully in what we've been talking about in terms of building your capacity. And I've got so much, um, I've reflected so much just kind of learning from you about the importance of not only building support in my business, I'm totally fine with that, but also really being clear about what I need in my personal and home life to make sure that I'm showing up in these different ways as the best version of myself. Would you mind talking a little bit about what your support system looks like and how it's evolved over time? Oh my gosh. Your questions are so good. Like I want to share this interview with my audience. It's so good. This is such a great question because yes, it has evolved over time. And so I think it's important because some people look at me now and they, they think like, oh my gosh, she's doing this and launching this and this at the same time and working on a book and, and this with her kids and this with her family. Like, wow, like I'm, I really suck. I'm not doing anything. And it's like, you know, this has evolved. I started with a janky little laptop that I got from some really creepy guy off Craigslist for like less than $50. <laughs> and I hustled my butt off while I was nursing a baby. And at four in the four, three thirty, four in the morning every day for a year, like I've slowly built up. And then one day I was like, I'm going to hire a housekeeper to help me. And then another day I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to order a meal service like two days a week to just help support me. I'm going to, now I'm going to put my husband in this position to like really support me at home. Like he's going to come home. He's going to do this and help me. And we're going to be in this together in a different way where I'm going to give him like a role. Like I up leveled and shifted things as I leveled up. So now at this level, um, we have this amazing woman. Her name is Barbara. She's like just a gem. She's so organized. Like she's just, um, she's brilliant and amazing. And she's basically like an assistant to the Casaza family. So she will like take returns back to UPS. She processes things for us. She manages like all of our receipts and sends them to our accountant for us. She like gets, brings me, I get this salad from this like organic restaurant in, in town every day. She brings it to me every day. She sometimes will like put the laundry away for me. Like just, just kind of going around the rim of our life and doing little things that just don't really need to be done by us. 
Um, she's like our VA, but she's not virtual. <laughs> and you know, my husband, like he's really in the role of stay at home dad, but I, I hate saying that because we're both staying at home and we're both like, he's just like mostly doing the school with the kid. And I help too. I'm mostly doing the business, but he helps too. He stayed up all night with me last night brainstorming this problem that I had with this new thing I'm going to launch and trying to work out the details. Like we're, we're doing life together. And that was a really big up level for me because I wasn't solo anymore. And that it was, it's been really, really good. I do. I, I mean, I hire out what doesn't need to be done by me in my personal life, as well as my business life. And the second that we women can let go of guilt around that is the time that we can really like release control and put all of our energy into our purpose, our kids, and our purpose there, and our businesses, and our purpose there. Oh my goodness, Ali, that's why, that's one of the reasons that I was just gravitated to you so much. First of all, I love the podcast episodes that you do with Brian. It's just, it's, <laughs> you hear a lot sometimes about like, oh, we had the, the, the life where we got the business, we got the kids, we got the, the marriage, but no one mm. really talks about, okay, my husband is now at home or supporting me in the business. This is how that happened. And you guys go there. And I think especially for me now navigating motherhood, wife, business owner, it was so refreshing to see that actually that is possible. First of all, I think it's so important to have that, that yeah, if you want to do that, that is possible, but these are the things that you need to think about. And then having the, the logistics and the kind of seeing behind the curtain of what the other side looks like. I had never seen that before until I came across you. Yeah. And I think it's important to share those things because like, this is not for everybody like working together. It definitely has challenges. It is not for everybody, but for us as a couple, like this was our dream. We talked all the time about, is there some way that we could be together like all day, every day? Like we both <laughs> wanted to experience the kids. My husband is a really like, he's like a, he's just like the perfect guy. Cause he's like such a hands-on dad. He's really good at cooking. I hate cooking. Like he's just, he's so wants to be with his children. It's like his whole heart. And that is so rare. It's very sexy. It's very hard to keep my hands off of him. <laughs> but he's like, we wanted this. Like he wanted this. So if you don't want that, don't do it but this is what we wanted. And we found a way, like if you really want a different life, if you're stuck in the nine to five and you, you don't like what you're doing or, or your business isn't going where it wants to go, you can make a different way. You, the ceilings that you're hitting in your life are only created by yourself. I believe that we serve this, uh, we're in this abundant universe and I serve an abundant God and there's no ceilings there. The, the more, the better, because the, when good people make a lot of money, they do really, really good things for this world. And when couples come together and they do life together in a way that works for them unapologetically, regardless of, you know, um, religious standards or traditional gender roles or whatever everyone else is doing, amazing things happen for your family. So in your life, if you're listening, like, where can you open up? Where can you shake things up? Where can you stop doing things because you think you're supposed to and go a different way and do what you know is going to work for you and make you this abundant version of yourself? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, guys, you've got to check Ali out. You've got to check out her podcast, The Purpose Show. Oh, she's got a book coming out that is super exciting. Tell everybody, Ali, how they can connect with you. I know that you've got really exciting things in the pipeline. 
how can people connect and continue to learn from you? Yes. Okay. So I actually have a special page just for you guys where you can, I'll link to my podcast since you mentioned it so many times and thank you for that. I will link them to that, to that show so they can find it. And then I have like a freebie for you guys. If you need help in your business, it's normally like a $25 thing, but I'm going to give it to you guys for free. Um, and it's like a cheat sheet of all the resources that like helped me grow my business to this point. And I'll link to like the up and up Academy that's launching soon. Like I'll just load you guys up and I want to support you all how you need me to support you, whether that's just following me on Instagram or working with you. Like I want to support you in whatever way you really, really need and inspire you. So it's alikasaza.com slash lifestyle edit. Amazing. Ali, thank you so much. This has been, this has been incredible. Thank you. So that's it for this week's episode of the Lifestyle Edit podcast. You can download more episodes of this podcast and subscribe in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you enjoyed what you heard, we would love a review or recommendation. It's the number one way for us to share these stories and insights with as many creative female entrepreneurs as possible. And don't forget, all the information on how to join the TLE community is in the show notes or simply head to thelifestyleedit.com to sign up. Редактор субтитров А.Семкин Корректор А.Егорова